You know, I think the saddest death in Infinity War was when they killed Mufasa. Really? Um, I thought it was when um, uh, Obi-Wan died. Oh, no, that's that's good, but not as tragic as Bambi's mom. Or uh, when uh, the Iron Giant sacrificed himself to save the town. Mm-hmm. Or when that boy had to kill his good and faithful dog, Old Yeller. What about when Littlefoot's mom died? Yeah. You know, all of these deaths. Was it was it worth it, Disney? Was it worth it to scar so many young minds? Was it worth it? Well, it wasn't all Disney on those. No, Disney owns Marvel. They did absolutely say, you know what? We're really good at killing off parents of beloved characters. We're going to do that some more now. Yeah, they've always been really good at that. That's why Disney like did that is because his mom died when he was really young. And he wanted to show that people could move through it. That's like saying, boy, you know, this one tragic event in my childhood yeah, I'm going to extrapolate an entire billion-dollar industry out of that. She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron, and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Oh, wait, were we, were we too late for that? Did we not say spoiler before we told all those special things? Let's do our plug party first. Can we, just, can we at least get our plugs in? Well, we're going to spoil the plug party. Okay. You can follow us on Facebook and Married to the Idea. Twitter at Married Number Two, the idea. You can email us at Married to the Idea Reviews.com at gmail.com. Sorry. If I. <laughs> boy, I'm spoiling my own thing. If I got any of those wrong, you can go to our website, marriedtheidea.weebly.com, and you can find all those links as well as a contact form to contact us. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes, and I hope everyone is enjoying both our improved sound quality and our brand new logos, courtesy of Aaron, who, after a mere three dozen episodes, finally got around to making a proper logo for us. Man, that took way too long. I was, I kept saying, oh, we need to make a logo. We need to make a logo. We make a, like an official logo. I kept looking at these like official podcasts, like Beacon House podcast and all these other people that we, we have friends that do podcasts now. And it's like, oh, they have official logos. We look like a right joke, Aaron. <laughs> well, now we don't. Now we just need t-shirts and stickers and such. Oh, yeah. I need me some buttons. Yeah, and I, we maybe need sponsors and junk. So if you want to sponsor us, we're uh, very open to sponsorship. Yeah, maybe we should get like an infinity gauntlet with our logo branded on it. Is is that a good form of marketing that we Not bring about really. the end of the universe? Is is that good? Will people remember us? Not really. No. Spoiler! 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 Hey, hang on. Why I want to talk. L- let me ask you this question, and then we'll spoil it. Okay. Okie dokie. Okay. So. <laughs> We will spoil. The, I, obviously, if you came into this, we, it, it does say spoilers. You came to an Infinity War podcast the week after it came out. No holds barred. So I, I am trying to. We're giving you proper warning, uh, so you can't get mad at us to say that. Oh my gosh, I didn't know it was uh, there's gonna be spoilers. But I'm very certain to say, in the picture we're going to have a picture of the poster. And then in big words, spoilers across it. <laughs> Probably. Did you like the movie? In the context of the movie, yes. Okay. That's that's what I want to get across, is that you liked the movie. I liked the movie. Now, take off your gauntlets, lay them down, get ready, 
Go. Fuck you, Thanos, you purple skin grimace motherfucker. How dare you think for even a slight second that it makes sense to kill half the frickin' universe to satisfy your mad sadistic tendencies. Guys, I got beef. I really hate... Aaron, you know me. I'm not here to hate. I really like things a lot. I hate that my critical eye has ruined so many things for me. I used to like superhero movies. I used to like Disney movies. I used to like stupid comedies, rom-coms. They were all my friends. And now I just can't get over it. People are going to say, bada bada bada. And I'll try to address all of your very smart arguments as I go through point by point the real issues I have with this film. But importantly, I care about these characters. A lot. The ones that actually have story arcs previous to this movie. The ones I've gotten to know. Legitimately. I care about all of them. And of course, I was emotional. You know how when you go to a movie and there's a really sad scene, there's someone who can't keep their shit together and they lose it and then you're kind of out of the moment because you start sniggering at their pain? That was me. I was that crier. I was the person who started to cry so loud, I started to scream a little bit. I absolutely know I wrecked someone's movie-going experience because of that. I was the wrecker in that movie. I really cared. I really, really cared. But the instant the credits started rolling, I remembered, oh yeah, reality insists that none of this is real. Half of this is coming back. Half of this is meaningless. So let me just say why I said before, I like the movie within the context of the movie. It's bold and daring, it's fun and bright, it's dark, it's emotional, but I cannot get behind it for a multitude of reasons that have to do with what this movie means for superhero movies and for Marvel movies in general. So let me, um, let's take a step back uh, again, I guess. And let's... I let out a little, like, that was my rage blast, so I can, like, talk educationally, <laughs> smartly. Well, it's funny, I want to kind of tell the viewer at home, the listener at home, when the credit roll, the credits rolled, or the credit, rather, that Thanos will return, Liz literally screamed out in the theater, FUCK YOU, THANOS! In the theater that still had children in it. The children uh, need to, The children were feeling my pain, Aaron. They all wanted to say it. Their moms were just watching them. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Don't take your children to see this movie. Your young children will be so sad. They will never recover from this. Please don't take them to this. It's not R-rated, but the way it scars your children for thinking, Oh yeah, you know, like 12 characters are dead now. Da 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 da. Wow. It's so. Ah, um, okay, we gotta go step by step. And I need Aaron here to Can keep we... me sane because I used to be. Aaron, when we started this podcast, I was so certain that you would be the one who was wrong and I would be the one who was right. I would like all the good movies and you'd say, but Elizabeth, no, but this and that and this. That's why I started this. I had no idea I was gonna be the person that everyone hated. <laughs> I think there's going to be movies like that. I think there are going to be uh, films that we that we watch exclusively Marvel movies for some reason. Well, no, no. I mean, like, there's going to be movies that I don't like. Uh, I mean, I can already tell that that we've got a couple planned that I'm not going to enjoy, or I'm going to be like, "Ah, I didn't like it as much. Uh, Let's 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 do a little back story for our little history 
lesson for uh, for Liz and I, uh, or a little history on Liz and I. Um, Liz and I uh, have been out of high school for actually 10 years, and it just so happens to be the 10-year anniversary of when the Marvel Cinematic Universe started. Yeah, our school-sanctioned senior ditch day, we went to go see the very first Iron Man. Which, it was really neat uh, to be able to get to do that. Uh, We actually had the choice to see Iron Man or the Martin Scorsese Rolling Stones documentary. And about 20, 25 kids went and saw that. And the other 800 of us stormed the theater, (laughs) absolutely caused a riot, children got hurt, we weren't allowed to come back. No, they still did it the year after us, uh, but they, it was still, it was really funny because like we sat down in the theater all excited and then one of the principals came in and she's like, someone got hurt because you guys were too excited to get into the theater. Calm down. Uh, teenagers are the worst. So, uh, but it was funny because we were sitting there, our because fr- our friends uh, that we were sitting with one of them in the middle was like, don't leave yet. There's something after the credits. And this was a big thing back then. What? More movie after? No. Credits are the ending. They signify you may leave the theater to the ushers. <laughs> and that was, I remember that was a big thing. It was like, what? And then, because there wasn't that many of us in here. There really wasn't that many of us in the theater at that point. And, of course, A, it was high schoolers. B, there were high schoolers like, oh, if we leave, we get to go and actually do something else more fun. And C, it was not that big of a thing. Though our friend Will, I remember he was saying uh, after was it Black Panther or whatever, the last one that we watched with him, saying that if people walked out during Infinity War, which there were still people walking out during Infinity War, he was going to call them out. Do you think they don't know or don't care? Don't care. <laughs> I, I can almost guarantee it's the don't care one. So that's that's really thus, cool. Thus began with Iron Man one. Thus began the list of after credits Marvel movie scenes that Elizabeth did not get. It, Who's the guy with the eye patch? What's this purple guy in a chair? Who's this thing in the golden cask? I never knew. The only one I knew was ironically. This after credit scene, and I can't believe I was the one who knew it, because I gasped first, and I'm like, no, certainly someone figured it out before me, and they didn't, and I don't know why, but I just knew. I I, I thought that was a really fun uh, after credits. Well, not fun, but I liked that, because I was like, what are, who are they going to no, call? No, this movie's not like- fun, Aaron. Let's be honest. No one leaves this theater happy, except for some people who we will absolutely call out on this particular podcast. Names have been changed to protect their identities. But in preparation for discussing this with you, I have spoken to various people who had their own issues and who also liked the movie to gain better perspective. Cool. So I'm not just a big curmudgeon. That is very good uh, because I had to not in theory or it's uh, figuratively talk you off of a ledge driving home and it was I what? talked it was a it was midnight I talked for another hour after that movie only after getting into bed and going on Facebook to see if anyone else shared my ire so quickly did I see that while I was in the theater apparently the two Korean Koreas united and I suddenly lost all interest in Infinity Wars because real life shit was happening. I actually had to get up early for a 5K in the morning. So it was like, yes, honey, your points are valid. Yes, I disagree with some of them, but they are valid. Yes, honey, I love you. I love you. 
I'll pay that's every night. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So yes, I'm I'm interested in actually interested in um, the people who you talked to. I think I know one, but I'm interested to see who else you talked to. There are several people. Many of uh, from novices who just watch MCU to people who have read comic book lore. So I got a gamut of people here to really discuss. Ironically, none of the people we actually saw it with because they all bounced after. So I just had Aaron to scream at. (laughs) We watched it with about two or three people, or we watched it with three people, one of which who I would want to discuss it with, and then the other one who I know I want to discuss it with, shout out to our buddy Derek, who both he and Will, like, just absolutely just eclipse my knowledge of comics like if i have you know one percent they have 99 percent of uh comic knowledge oh no doubt no doubt i'd like to go point by point and then end with perhaps a condemnation not of the movie but of the universe in which the movie exists as my overarching theme for why this is a poor movie (laughs) all right so first things first i don't and still don't care about Thanos as a character. Marvel has a bad record with villains. I am not going to sugarcoat it. Though it has been getting better. It has been getting better. The best villains, in my mind, for Marvel, for the thing they are trying to create, is someone who does have a spark of humanity left. Relatable in some fashion, as opposed to, bye-bye, take over the universe. Of course! You know what, Aaron? I gotta say, that's when the movie completely lost me. First five minutes into the movie, they kill Loki, and I'm like, done. I'm completely... You can't do anything to me anymore. I don't care what happens. You've lost me by cutting out the most likable villain slash character in the MCU. He may not be your favorite. He may not be the best, but there is an arc to him that has been spanning several movies that has a direct correlation to our heroes. Yeah, but let's let's be honest here. It's an arc that is no longer an arc. It's a roller coaster. It's gone up and down and sideways. And Aaron, funny you should talk about roller coasters with this movie. Well, okay, yes, let's but, kill well, oh, three you've, people you've, in a row. But, but now let's do a joke. Sweetheart, you've completely jumped over my point. What's your point? You're sitting here saying that Loki is the best character in the MCU. No, 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 no. Or at least the best villain in the MCU. As far as a character who wasn't supposed to be, he wasn't supposed to ever be the hero or the good guy or someone. He was supposed to be always a villain. That yeah, was his role as trickster he's god. He's not the best villain in the MCU. No, he is absolutely likable i love tom he's Hiddleston. the only villain that hasn't been killed off at the end of his own movie and therefore is one that's allowed to gain traction and have a character arc yes because when he was originally written he was written with the best intentions aka look at kenneth Branagh. kenneth Branagh is a fantastic director when you have a fantastic director and a fantastic writer behind a fantastic actor then you have a one two three punch so when you have that and you have this essence of all of these uh, elements coming to uh, this character to actually show what's going to happen. And as we have another one that just came out with Killmonger, you yeah. that's what happens. You get a character that actually works. And I put I Killmonger's um, death works into his character arc. That's why I'm not mad that he doesn't stick yes. around for the movie because and it all I, makes sense. I submit that Thanos is in the same vein. I know you disagree with me, and I know there are people out there who will disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine. Here's my but problem. I submit that Thanos is in that same vein. Babe, they clearly intend that, and that's what bugs me. When they made Thor, 
They didn't say prior to the release of Thor, guys, this is really Loki's movie. He's going to go through some shit. We're going to talk about it from his perspective, about why he wants to destroy all kind and how he's going to achieve his dastardly plan. And then maybe we'll do some Thor in the middle. Avengers was almost Loki's movie. Let's be honest. Again, they didn't preface Avengers by that. I will get back to Avengers 1 because there is an important correlation between that and Infinity War that I do want to talk about. And that's my notes. So I'll get to it later. I don't want to, I didn't want to forget it. I did not like that for the MCU, all of the interviews before the movie came out were all about guys. Thanos is a really compelling character. We're going to talk about him for like half the movie. It's really his journey, guys. Because it was. But it bothers me that they choose for the movie where they're going to bring over two dozen characters that we've been wanting to see forever together that we're now going to focus on him when all he has done in the MCU has been floating on a chair in space letting other people do his dirty work. So how else do you give it time do you give a character time to develop? Loki Killmonger? They didn't Loki have any hype. Loki has already had two or three movies in Fine. which he's had Killmonger. at least a... Killmonger has had an actual movie when he was in. Thanos has either only been in cameos or he was in a minor, minor, minor role. This is literally the first movie that he's had more than five minutes screen time. He is so the mad So how ty- else do you make a character compelling by unless you give him more screen time? No, no. You make him compelling, but making him be insufferable that you want everyone to defeat him. You tr- you can't no, have it both that ways. Him, that makes him insufferable. You can't make him the all-powerful big bad and also flawed so tragically. You can't have it both ways. Sweetheart, he is both ways. He is tragic. You can't have it both ways, though. With a character who is almighty powerful, who can destroy half the universe with a click of his fingers. He only can do... Hang on, he can only... Hit your mic there. (laughs) He can only do that with the Infinity Gauntlet. That's the whole reason that he's going after it. But he's the only one who can wield all the Infinity Stones, so I have been told. Because of his race. You may as well say that he is the only being with this sort of power in his his disposal. Sort of. The whole reason that Peter Quill could essentially They shared it. And he was also part something else. Exactly. Which is, to say, a giant planet. Sort of. For the a, MCU, a, we he's just a giant planet, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a race of not planets, but we, sort of. Ego is an excellent uh, villain to bring up in comparison. Ego is an insufferable villain that you want to see destroyed, who still manages to have a relationship with our character and has the double cross, and at the end is all powerful and is defeated through our character's combined effort. So what my problem is with that is ego is never presented as anything other than diabolical. All the good things he does with Peter and Quill are later revealed to be, no, he was a terrible guy. He killed Peter's father. Spoilers for Guardians 2. Is never suggested... He he might be your father. He ain't your daddy. Exactly. Ugh. Ah. So my point being, you have a character who's all-powerful, who ends up double-crossing, wrecking everyone. You never then pretend to say, but he was real flawed, guys. He really cared. He didn't. He killed the woman he loved, which means he never really loved her. Oh, my God. We will get there. Sweetheart, your definition of love is different than everyone else's, and that's fine. 
but just because it's different doesn't mean that everyone else's is wrong. Aaron, I am not here to argue the semantics of love in, if, in its many forms. What I am suggesting to you is if you are given the choice between ultimate power and your only daughter and you throw adopted daughter. adopted daughter and you throw her off a cliff, you never loved her. He did love her. He just loved power more or he wanted the power more. That's the problem. And what you're what you're choosing not to see is that there are people who choose to love that stuff more. It's a, a exactly it's a parental ego love. did. That's what I'm saying. Ego did. He chose his power over his true love. And you know what? The movie never suggests that he's complicated or deep because of that. They say, what a bastard he is. And I mean, literally, you have a scene where he cannot lie. He cannot tell you one thing and is actually another thing. It is literally, he is in a stasis and Mantis, who can only really work with feelings, is literally on him and he tells, or she tells everyone, he is in mourning he is not trying to lie. It does not serve him to lie at that point. In fact, lying hurts him. I'm not he saying lies. he's lying. I'm saying he is in denial. That's why it bothers me. Why would he be in denial? He really thought he loved her. He really thinks He did love her. I'm not going to I'm not going to step back on that fact. He did love her. Does he love Nebula? Your definition does he of love, love Nebula? No. He doesn't love her as much as he loved Gamora. No, he doesn't love Nebula at all. Does he love okay, any of a... his adopted children mm. that he sends out to get everyone? Does he love them? I don't My... know. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna concede that I don't know because I don't think so. I know that he, lo- and that's the thing, and that's one of the biggest issues with movies nowadays is they tell and they don't show. This movie, they showed. I felt. Thanos' love for Gamora every time he spoke to her. Okay. I felt it. I will concede your point. Here is my problem, though. In doing that service to Thanos to make him more compelling, they destroy Gamora's character arc and development, and they make her the woman in the fridge. And there you are 100% correct. That I knew we were going to bring that up, and it's like um, we were, I was actually talking to my boss today about that. We... Uh, he asked me what I thought about the movie. I was like, you know what? I like the movie. I have some big issues, not enough to make me hate the movie, but that is one big thing. It's like Gamora was this kick-ass warrior um, or her reputation, like she's known as the toughest woman in the galaxy. A legendary assassin. Exactly. And then in this movie, she turned into... They turned her into a love interest and they turned her into the thing that motivates men around her as opposed to her own character. She's still a little kick-ass, but not in the same vein. We have this wonderful scene with her and Nebula, which is told in a way of two siblings who had an abusive father, as two siblings would grow to hate each other, even as they tried to earn their father's love because their sibling hurt them trying not to get hurt themselves. And children should never have to be put through that. But we see that between Gamora and Nebula, there is this great and wonderful thing building about their relationship and repairing the damage that has been done. And I really dug that. At the end of Guardians 2, she doesn't kiss Peter. Peter doesn't get the girl because he still has a lot to learn and grow, and so does she. And that's why it ends with just this friendship. And that's really cool because it really shows, it proves a point that men are not owed the women in their movies. Exactly. Like, w- like even with 
ego and Peter's mom, like even though they loved each other, it wasn't like that he deserved her. I didn't even, I didn't even feel like ego. It's like, oh, I deserved all of these creatures that he's like, no, he loved them. And with Gamora, it wasn't that he deserved her. It's that he loved her. He respected her. I, I did. I feel like it was a little bit more than a friendship, but I didn't feel like it was a clearly, relationship. They're, they're clearly yeah. hinting that if they both get their shit together, this could turn to romance. Yeah, absolutely. And then with, and they do say a line that I guess kind of explains it, but it's still, it's real, it's real thin, uh, real flimsy. It's a, uh, Oh, oh, is this the boyfriend? I don't. I, I wouldn't call myself the boyfriend. I'd call it a long-term booty call or something like that. It's real flimsy. And there's no way that Gamora is having casual sex with Peter Quill. She she's not that kind of character. I don't know, man. You'd be surprised. Well, my my point is that the character that they produce in these previous movies is sacrificed within this movie, not just physically, but in sense of character growth. We have her first real big talk on screen being about i know something thanos doesn't know you have to kill me if he gets me which peter understands and respects and tries to do in vain but he does try at the end of that she kisses him i could forgive that a little bit for the high stress of knowing that you may die because of this information in your head and knowing that thanos is coming and all of the stress of that i will accept it also because it's followed by perhaps the funniest scene in the entire movie where drax is trying to be invisible while eating grinds and it's so great how long have you been sitting there an hour (laughs) it's crunch hi drax (laughs) so all right so that happens then we go in search of the Soul Stone, and you get some more development between her and Thanos, and her just saying, I hated this chair, I hated what you did to me, you were not my father, you were the worst thing that I have ever beheld. Takes him to where the Soul Stone is, and he says, you must sacrifice something that you love to get this. She's like, good, you don't love anybody. And of course, what does he do? Throw her off a cliff, and he's rewarded for it. Don't like that, we're gonna... We're going to agree disagree about our definitions of love. My query is that at that point, Gamora's death becomes only about fuel for Thanos in his quest and rage for Peter to muck things up at the end. And uh, there's actually, I didn't actually, I did not have a chance or I did not click on this. Uh, It said um, people were upset that uh, Star-Lord became the villain of Avengers 3. And what I want to do is I want to say he becomes the unintentional villain because essentially what happens is the scene is, is there everyone who is out on the, uh, the Titan planet, it, they are basically, they have Thanos, not necessarily dead to rights, but they are close. Pu- they are, they are pulling the gauntlet off. They're about, they've almost got and it. And I off like of this idea of challenging the villain. It was close to Dr. Strange where you had to outwit him. You use this creature that's all about mind. So it wasn't a punch fest. It was literally incapacitate him and then let's get out of Dodge. Yeah. It's a band-aid solution at best. But and it's a throwback to Avengers. Let's be honest here. The way that Peter messes things up is exactly how it happens in Avengers 1 where the Hulk goes rampage. And I was worried in Avengers that it was going to be that move because in most movies... Most cartoon movies with the Avengers is, oh, there's this villain we can't beat. The only thing we can do now is summon the Hulk. Yay, we beat the villain, but now we have to fight the Hulk before Betty shows up and just sends him off to right. So it's... Sun's getting real low. Yes. 
stop saying that. Adopted assassin daughter of Thanos with a robot for her sister trying to work through her issues and be the strong person. She should be facing death, certainly because of what she knows, is a more compelling character to me than a guy who wants to kill half the universe. I don't really so, care about abusive fathers. Yes, Let me say no, that. And, and, and yes and no and yes and no and yes. Well, so, okay, yes so a lot of people. No. Can we, can we, can yeah. we do a, a happy part of the movie next? Sure. I really do enjoy the interactions. That, if yeah. I, if this movie was three hours of them sitting in a Jamba Juice and then maybe for half an hour they fight something and then go back to just talking, I would have been money well spent. All I wanted to see was that. And I guess that's why it bugged me. You get, you get 25 heroes together and you have the greatest interactions when they finally meet up. But then we have to throw all that out the window because, oh, we got to fight the big bad. And I guess it, it's, so, it's Thanos' so, movie. Can, so can, Yes, exactly. Because every, I don't want a Thanos can, so movie. Every other Marvel character that is billed for this movie has another freaking movie that they've been in enough to give at least some character art. So, yes, this is Thanos' movie. I think you need to get beyond that. But I don't think I do. It's important. To, then, they call then, it then Avengers. Then you need to change your opinion. Then you need to change your opinion. You don't like this movie. I don't think it's an Avengers movie. It is an Avengers movie. It's not more Avengers than Avengers or Avengers Age of Ultron. It is, actually, because most of these characters are Avengers at one point. My qualm... Boy, you got really you got really scary there, babe. You have to change your opinion. I don't because you're because you you keep coming back to this one fact. You yes, you love the interactions, and yes, those are a good half of the movie. But the other half of the movie is about Thanos, and yes, this movie is mostly a good chunk about Thanos. So you need to either get over the fact that this movie is a good chunk about Thanos because he's not had much time to have a character development so you want to get on the movie makers oh well he's not had time to develop okay here's a movie where he's had gets time to have a character development have actual character and have time to you know i don't know explore and do things oh i don't like that then get over it. Well, then we need to talk about Thanos' flaws as a character. Not his character flaws, his flaws as a character. Oh, oh he's overpowered in that he's uh, his entire world views are flawed or, you know, universe views are fl flawed. And he's a rampaging tyrant and he kills half of a population that he comes to. And I mean, like, stop me when you want me to. You remember Jurassic Park 3 where that Spinosaurus comes in and kills a T-Rex within one minute and then is like, ha, I'm the villain now. Look how badass. Sorry, we had mic difficulties there. I'm, look at me. I just killed the T-Rex. Look how badass I am. You love me now. I am the really cool villain now. You remember that? You remember how not for a second we believe that because it's the T-Rex? Alan. <laughs> That's what I felt like with this. By killing Loki in the first five minutes, that's basically okay, the filmmaker so saying, what you're saying, hey, you know the so villains that you like? Me, so I want you, okay, yes, but just because Loki is a favorite villain or is a f fan favorite doesn't mean anything. Okay, then let's talk about the deaths because that's where I think I have the most issue I know, here. I want to talk about something good for a few minutes. Okay. Um, I, 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 I would like to stop. I, okay, 
you remember how you're doing that thing with me right now? It's like, we're going to talk about something bad. Okay, talk about something good for a second. Oh, I told you. I loved every single interaction these characters okay. had with each yeah, other. Yeah, we talked about it for two seconds and we haven't even, we didn't even discuss it at well, all. It's funnier when they do. I can't like, I can't critically analyze their happy okay, moments. So, okay, so let me take point on this one. Sure. Then. Okay, so yes, they absolutely did this right. And when I say they did this right, they took 25 different Marvel characters, including Wong from Doctor Strange, War Machine, like all of the main characters and a bunch of these secondary ones. And they gave them proper treatment. It wasn't just like, hey, there's your character. Hey, here's your character. It wasn't even just like a, a one and done. Though some, I'm sure people, there's going to be people out there who are not satisfied with it. And you know what? More power to you. However, every time I saw someone on screen, when they were on screen, it felt right. Yeah. It felt correct. And I have to give major, major props to the Russo brothers because they had a insurmountable task and they did it well. They went ballsy by uh, having Iron Man and Doctor Strange occupy screen time as much as they did because those are essentially the exact same two characters with the same character traits having to work off each other. And ballsy yet great. They... They didn't do your Sherlock joke, and I'm very sorry they didn't do your Sherlock joke. I know you wanted the Sherlock joke, but they didn't do it. We have to grow and move on. I know, but uh, they came so close. So close. One point, they were like, Dr. Strange was saying something, and then Iron Man just gave him a look, and it's like, oh, come on. Come on. Just say it. Just say it. You would make so many people Uh, happy. Peter Dinklage, the giant dwarf. Hallelujah. Someone found his role. (laughs) And then uh, you and I actually discussed this like right after dinner tonight. This movie, people have like unanimously or or maybe not unanimously, but a lot of people have been like, okay, after this movie, and I have to agree with them, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Oh, he's so wonderful. He actually looks like a kid. I think that's the point. Every other sp- Spider-Man not... is... Well, there's there's many I... factors. He is a great actor. He mm. has the look of it. He manages to combine that unsurety, unpopularness with actual charm and suave. Because um, I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I thought he did a great job. However, you're right. Uh, I, I wish he wouldn't focus on the look so much uh, with the whole looking like a kid. I think it's important. You have to show that he's a younger age than the rest of these because it makes his the st- stuff more one, impactful. He was in college. In ori- the Still younger than his... any of these other characters. No. In Thor all of is these, a thousand he's in ye- high school. Thor is a thousand years old. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> my, he's a god. My point is that his death is more emotional. You realize it's basically some kid that got sucked out into space. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about how amazing the character is. He is amazing. So He's the amazing Spider-Man. He is amazing. I knew I liked him. I thought he did a great job in Civil War. And then, of course, I really liked Homecoming. Uh, as you can listen in our uh, podcast of it. That's true. And then this, I think this just cemented because he did, he held his own against some really bigger, like, especially the scene between him and Dr. Strange. And he goes like, hi, um, I'm Peter. And he goes, Dr. Strange. Oh, we're using our made up names. Um, uh, Spider-Man. And just that, that one scene, that, that delivery, 
uh, it was it was done so well. I'm very happy with uh, his performance, and I think he's gonna do a great job. I actually I'm act- I'm interested to see what he does beyond Spider-Man too. I think he's gonna be a fantastic actor. When you have 25 Marvel characters in one movie, it's hard to give them all proper screen time. I think they all got plenty of proper screen time. I'm not at all complaining about that. I agree. I'm actually that's why I brought it. They up. They balanced it well. No, considering they only had an hour and a half to work with, I think they did very well. I can. They had two two and a half hours. No, actually. they had an hour and a half of screen time, because the rest of it was all about Thanos. All right. So I know people. So I'd like to get into other people's opinions beyond my own to really okay. help me get a leg to stand on here. <laughs> I know a lot of people were very excited to see Thanos. For me, as an MCU person. I thought this was going to be like Civil War, where the cool thing wasn't that there was a villain. Do you remember, guys, that there was a villain in Civil War? No, you don't. But there was. But it wasn't about the villain. It was about these characters all coming together and interacting in ways you hadn't seen before. So I was expecting Infinity Wars to be that. I really just wanted to see them play off each other because I thought that's where we were going with this. I didn't realize that Thanos was such a big character. Previous to knowing anything about him, I wondered why people really cared. A lot of people came to me and said, read the comics, read the comics, read the comics. And so I did research. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a really interesting character. I like the way he has this love-hate relationship with death and how he always works in a way to defeat himself because he kind of really wants it. Where is Lady Death in this movie? Oh, she's not going to show up. I'm sorry. No, she's not going to be in this. It would be too hard to introduce her in a landscape with a talking tree and raccoon. This would be too silly. Okay, so what does he want to do? Oh, well, it's the Krypton story. He offered a way to save the planet and no one listened to him. And so the planet died and he went off to try and affect the rest of the universe in this way. What's his plan? Oh, to kill half the universe because that will bring balance. Okay, but not for any, like, reason that's human and relatable, like love or unrequited love or anything like that. No, it's just because he's he's morally compelled. It's the right thing to do. Okay, so we got this infinity gauntlet, and it can do anything. Okay, so what's it gonna do with it? Destroy people? You don't think that with infinite power in your hands you could oh i don't know make two times a universe so there's room for everybody or enough food to feed all the hungry which he constantly says there was none of resources none of resources what would we do oh i don't know maybe use the infinity gauntlet to feed everyone you prick when you introduce time travel and reality bending magic we're gonna call it magic I tend to lose the grasp of the movie sucking me in and saying, here is the conflict. Find meaning in it. It's real tricky when you realize that if he had thrown this into like a thread on Reddit for 10 minutes, someone would have said, you know, you could just use your infinite power to just make infinite resources, right? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Thank you, user uh, 46AlphaAlphaB. Oh, okay. Now I know what to do. A little part of you, even if I'm not comically correct, you know, a little part of you is wondering, yeah, why, why, why didn't he? Because he's mad. I, I, no, you're, you're right on that. And from what you've told me, again, I talked to you about this. They're very clever and careful in how they word that half the universe will be wiped from existence, not destroyed, not killed, just gone, which 
leads its way to a couple of different interpretations. The one that you posited was that their consciousness... Do you mind if I say it? Please go ahead. I, my theory is, is there are four actual deaths in this in this movie. Loki, Heimdall, Gamora, and there's one other. Oh, Vision. Those four deaths are either permanent or semi-permanent. Vision might return. Uh, we kind of saw a little bit about that the video today that he may still exist they may be able to bring him back. And Gamora, actually, I heard today that they may use the time stone to bring her back. I don't know how, but it just depends on what they plan on doing with her. I don't know. I think Heimdall is dead. I think, unfortunately, he is pretty much dead. Idris Elba needs to be set free to do amazing movies. I think Idris Elba needs to be set free to do to become a different character, like Blade or something like that. Oh, that is so rocket. So... With that, and even Loki still could come back. I don't think so. I think, I think Tom Hiddleston is done uh, with that. But with the, those are the four that semi to per, slash permanent deaths. With the other deaths, all of the guardians, except Peter. No, Peter. Peter went too. It's only. So I'm sorry, except for Rocket. Rocket. Yeah, Thank Rocket you. was the only one who didn't go. Bucky, Sam, uh, the Falcon. Rody. Rody. No, Rody stayed. Um, that's what I'm saying, man. You kill half your cast and you... Spider-Man. I mean, they make, the they make some this, of them meaningless. This is why I know they're coming back. Th- three characters, three major characters, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Black Panther, have all been confirmed to have sequels. Yeah. They're coming back. In one way or another, they're coming back. I don't know how, but they're coming back. Now, my I actually stood there on Friday afternoon before, before we watched it, and I was talking with a coworker of mine, and I told him, I was like, I, I, was like, I thought Iron Man was going to get killed. I'm like, he's going to die somehow. And I thought, honestly, I thought Captain America was going to die. Because I saw that the thing of the Infinity Gauntlet getting pushed down on him, but that's all I had really seen from the trailer. I was like, okay, I think they're going to die because then Iron Man has had, it actually has someone else taking over the role. And then, uh, please tell me it's Ironheart. That's actually the newest one. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. But I don't know. The the person who is Ironheart is actually not, because someone said it might be Shuri, uh, Black Panther's sister. But she, that the person in the comics, is Shuri actually like, takes over the Black Panther's mantle at a certain point. Yes. No, yeah, we right. need a brand new character, Ricky Williams, to Riri. To, Riri, sorry, yeah. Riri Williams. But uh, what I was thinking is, is that actually Captain America would die because then you could let uh, Bucky or uh, Sam uh, the Falcon can't. They're over. dead. Well, that's my my theory is that they're not actually dead. That they are have been wiped from existence, and that they can actually come back to this existence. May I speak boldly? No, because I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen because those three characters have freaking sequels. That's what I mean, babe. May I speak boldly about why that wrecks it for me? All right. Yeah, go ahead. So the fact that you said some of these characters I know aren't dead, it kind of wrecks my suspension of disbelief, if you will. If we know walking into this that no matter what, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Spider-Man will make it out okay... Killing them at the end of this movie does nothing except wring an emotional response out of you. They're Nicholas sparking us. They're giving you an emotionally charged ending that doesn't have anything to do with the character arc. It just wants to make you cry and feel things. But it's not impactful. 
my problem with this movie is that while it thinks it's bold like Game of Thrones where it kills off characters, in Game of Thrones those characters pretty much stay dead. Tony Stark sends his regards. I know that's not the actual quote and I know I've mixed up some of the names, but just... (laughs) I like it. It's punny. I think that's the main problem with me for this movie. On its own, if I had no other context, I could probably like it a lot more because it would feel really bold. God, you just killed off half of the cast. They're not coming back. That's really bold. But of course they are because they have movies coming up. And Marvel can hide behind the no more interviews, no more talks until next year. But we all know it's on the production schedule. Yeah. So my problem with this is there is something lacking here that was not lacking in Avengers 1. In Avengers, anyone could have died. Mm -hmm. Because there was no, look at us five years down the line at the slew of movies we have scheduled for you. It's the same reason I knew what that symbol was for Captain Marvel. Because they've been talking about that for a year about Captain Marvel. So I knew the symbol when it showed up. The first Avengers... Any one of them could have died. And we didn't even know there was a TV series. When Coulson died, he was dead. Dead. Yeah, that's why it was way more effective in the movie. And I think that's my main problem. It is problematic for where it is in this timeline of movies being made. You can't throw Infinity War at us when you have six movies coming out next year that feature half of this cast. It's not possible. I know that coming back from the dead is a staple of comic books. I get that. But if you're looking for an emotional response for a moviegoer, for the average MCU moviegoer, it's gonna ring false at a certain point. Even for the normal moviegoer, what you have to remember is this was originally one of two parts. Correct. It was a part one and part two. It still is part yeah. one of part two. They just want to rename it. Don't yeah. think for a second that this next movie is not part two. It is a part it two. Absolutely is. So. You won't, you won't come back a year from now, Thanos still peaceful in retirement, never mentioned again because he's happy being out there and everyone else is just trying to get on with their lives. No, 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 no. We're going to have to go deal with this. Yeah, and the movies that come out are... Set in the uh, 90s or something. Where it's, <laughs> yeah, they're really careful with how they're set because Ant-Man and the Wasp is the next one of the MCU that is specifically set in the MCU, but it's actually set before this happens. So, so clever. I'm interested to see how this works. Like, to see how what all happens happens and then where it goes like i'm i'm actually i'm interested to see what happens so adaptation is so important when you go from one medium to another it's the reason why the lord of the rings movies are so well if they straight up adapted the book word for word it'd be intolerable it takes a person who loves and knows what's happening to make something out of that that's enjoyable for a viewing audience and not just a person who's read every book and the Cimmerillion and knows cover to cover <laughs> who these characters you are my house. My house. <laughs> you've got to make it enjoyable for everyone i will say there were points in this where they started throwing around first person names and i was like i had to shuffle through my catalog of characters to be like who are these oh ant-man okay i forgot he was called scott absolutely yeah. i did <laughs> My, my little two-year-old nephew has me beat because he knows the alter egos for every superhero he's ever encountered. I just taught him T'Challa is Black Panther today. He now knows 20 of them. He is a baller. I don't have that great mental faculty. <laughs> All right. So let's look at one what of What we the think th- is going to be at the end. Like, 
fan theories? Because you gave your fan theory. I haven't given my fan theory yet. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this fan theory uh, is actually not mine. This fan theory comes from uh, my good friend Jacob, who, after I posted a meme of the two Koreas, Koreas unifying, said, you didn't like the movie? So I had to break it down for him piece by piece. And I told him about Gamora, and I told him about Thanos, and he said... I have an idea of what's going to happen. And I said, now, be careful, Jacob. As Star Wars Last Jedi proved, our fan fairies are bullshit. So let's not get too invested in them. But he said that his thought is the reason they gave so much of a character arc to Thanos is that in the second movie, he is going to ultimately, because he truly did love Gamora, regret the actions he had to undertake to bring the universe to this moment. And that it will be the one person... He thought that he could sacrifice to make all of this better for everyone, supposedly, in the entire world. That even achieving his life goal won't mean anything because he has lost this love that he had. It will be the only way at this point that I can think of to rectify what in my mind was a poor use of time to make us care about this character who is ultimately a villain who cannot be redeemed. If they find a way to redeem him, I won't even be able to say, oh, they didn't give enough you know, in the first movie, they absolutely did. If they want to take him down a redemption arc, it would be very much like how Doctor Strange at the end didn't punch Dormammu in the face till he acquiesced. He had to think of a clever way to mentally get around this villain and stop him from hurting people. That was perhaps the best conflict resolution I've ever seen in a Marvel movie because every other single one is evolved to punch, punch, kick, kick. I'm dead, you're dead, bye. Well, uh, or go back to the original Iron Man, the very first one where he literally is like, oh, hey, by the way, this this first thing that I ever had to encounter, you've not solved yet because I'm smarter than you. Oh, yeah, here, boom, boom. there you go. Yeah. I just had this weird thought. Kind of going back to the, the, the piece that you had. Okay, so he loved Gamora. He loved her enough to sacrifice her. He could live without her. So what if, and this is not, this is not how it's going to happen. I can guarantee this. But what if he loved her, but he didn't love her enough that he could sacrifice her. And so when he sacrificed her and gained the soul stone, it's not the true soul stone. I'm not saying that there's actually a true soul stone. What I'm saying is, is that what he does with the soul stone can be reversed because if he loved Gamora, he would have never sacrificed her. My thought about that is close because when he snaps his fingers and he enters that Zen water state that looks like the planet where they found the soul stone, I suddenly had the biggest like, oh, please, 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 because I thought they were going to do the, he never, he never actually did sacrifice her or he did sacrifice her and never gained it. Because he didn't love her, it was all I a vision. It didn't work. I thought like yeah. for some reason it like it, it never shouldn't worked. have. Like now that's character growth. He sacrifices her, thinks it's gonna work, and then he wakes up and he didn't get anything, and he just killed his daughter. Like <laughs> yeah. what a wreck! Like if they had let that be the end, what if instead of the whole snap fingers because. You know, some fans, if you had just ended with them snapping the fingers, they'd be like, what's going to happen? And they come back and everyone starts dying. They would have lost their ever-loving mind. What a crazy way to start a movie. It would have been bonkers bananas. And emotionally, like, smack you before we get into it. But what if the end of it had been him going to find the Soul Stone with Gamora? Because he's, he's, you know, everyone's gone, out of commission. He's with her on this planet. They go to get it. He thinks this is it. My final step. Pushes her off the cliff. Wakes up. And no Soul Stone. Credits roll. 
Ooh, that would have been interesting. Like, that's a character growth right there. If you want a person who has to, like, learn from his mistakes, like, that's it. Like, and, and then he like, gets sent to a violent rage and this and that. And it's like literally like if you truly loved her, you wouldn't have sacrificed her. I thought that was the riddle. I honestly thought it was. You must lose what you love to gain this. And there was a part of me that's, you know, that part what, of you like, that said. What is it, like, what does he love besides himself? He loves the universe, but he can't sacrifice. He wants to sacrifice the universe, but he can't sacrifice this to get it. Like, you know, it's a, a Zen riddle or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, there, I feel like that could have been handled differently because the soul stone in the comics is in Adam Warlock. Yeah, who uh, we did see at the end of Guardians 2 in one of the cutscenes, but never made an appearance here. Apparently, they could not write him in, according to the writers, that it would be too much to introduce this, which I will say is a little bit how Vision worked out in Age of Ultron, so I understand the trepidation to do it again. Yeah. But Vision, I really do care about him and Wanda's relationship, and I think for me, the real heartbreaking moment that started kickstarting everything was when she had to kill him, and Thanos comes up behind her, and like a bitch says, you didn't have to do that, brings him back to life just to kill him again. I'm like, you motherfucker. Here's my thing, I don't mind... If the bad guy kills people, people are going to think, oh, it's just because you didn't want everyone to die. No, my qualm is that we know some of these characters are going to be alive again. So I don't understand the death. Yeah, well, it... You, it's, it's Batman v Superman, guys. It's kill Superman off at the end of your movie, only to have him come back the very next one. It's not... It's a flaw! It's not the greatest technique. It's really not. So I think... We've ranted and raved about this enough. I think we've come up with some interesting theories. I do like your um, your take on uh, that with how he loved her and everything like that. So I think we need I think we need to breathe, and uh, I think we need to look forward to what we're gonna do next, and uh, maybe do. Uh, we've already done our plug party, so do we want to do ratings? I guess so. Now, do we just want to go ahead and change it up and just go ahead and do 10 out of 10? Aaron, the people have come to expect our unique brand of averages. I hate our unique brand I know. of averages. I, I hate rating. I, we said this last time. I hate that we have to give a number. People want a number. No, I hate that we have to do it out of 5. I wish we did it out of 10. We'd still have to divide it. No, we wouldn't. We would just average it. You would never agree with my score. We would just average it. Which is what we're doing now. No, we don't. Ugh. <laughs> Math is tricky. Uh, remind me, what did I rate Civil War? I don't remember. Hmm. I think it was like maybe 1.5 or 2. It was low. I don't hate this as much as Civil War. Because Civil War felt like an excuse just to smash your action figures together until one of them was victorious. And I didn't like that kind of interaction. Oh, they only did that once. With all the characters they threw together in this one, only once did two groups meet up and threaten to punch each other before stopping. And even that was played more for comedy than it was, oh, I'm actually going to hurt you. So with that being said, it's not worse than Civil War. Definitely not my favorite. If we were grading it specifically based on characters' interactions and uh, feelings, like all the feels, all of the feels... You will see many memes on Facebook. We just we just scroll past them and we start crying again because it it hurts. But for me, it's really hard to separate the emotions of what happened in that movie with the cold hard logic that Disney's gonna make money and they're not gonna kill off Black Panther. <laughs> they are not ballsy enough to do that. 
So with that being said, boy, I hate doing numbers. I really think my like my actions speak for themselves, but I'm gonna give it a two point five. Not great. Not the worst piece of crap ever, but definitely a failure. Definitely it average its bad points average out its really good points. So I'm gonna go middle of the road and say two point five out of five. The first gut punch for me was when Groot started going and of course Rocket started saying it and then Bucky hurt a little bit. And then T'Challa picks up his fellow soldier in arms and says No, this it, is... it was his guard. It was yeah. uh, uh it was, yeah. what's her name? Yeah, and he says, This is no place to die and then he faints away. The Guardians hurt a little bit, but Spidey. Spidey got me. Oh yeah. That's why. I mean, it's that was that was. They, there's a reason they saved that one for last. That was the most impactful out of any death because he was a kid just trying to help out, and he was in over his head. And his father mentor was there, which they have built very well. Mm-hmm. In only one movie, they've managed to build it extremely well. So the relationship was a gut punch. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, so the real fan theory, my fan theory, your fan theory, I think too, babe, is that when Doctor Strange says, I've seen four million outcomes, we only, the only way we beat him is one of these. I'm going to assume we are in that one timeline. No, he did. He said it. Before, yeah. At the end, it had to go this way. So I am assuming that that happens and either, and that's, that's why it's really tricky to say what's going to happen in part two, because either... They do punch Thanos some more until they get to reverse time, woo-woo, or he ultimately regrets his decisions and does it himself, but even then he'll never be a good guy. Or The gauntlet has been used. It's not reusable. But the Infinity Gems are still within the... No, he, that's what I mean. He's still himself, but he wrecked that gauntlet afterwards. The gems are still there. They tried destroying the gems. It would take only Wanda's power to destroy the gems. And it took a lot of her power. A lot of it. So, so it, it we're, we're, that's the big thing is we're not sure how it's going to work, but somehow it's going to work. So we don't know yet. So they'll we'll, we'll we'll trust the filmmakers. We'll trust the process. We'll trust the process. Hard though to really believe it's going to be a MacGuffin, and I'm not much for MacGuffins. So I loved the interactions. I thought the characters did a really good job. Um, I felt like this the progressions were done very nicely, uh, especially with the characters that we've seen most recently, as in like Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, Guardians 2. It just, it felt natural. Um, Thor, or not Thor, Thanos, I felt like even not, with not reading much with Thanos, I felt like they did a good job with him. I had my issues, and I was not crazy with how they ended it, especially because it threw me for a huge loop. So I'm going to say 3.5. All right. So a score of 6 out of 10. Still too generous, I feel. No, you're not allowed to change it. Still too generous, I feel. You're not allowed to change it. I know, but I think my opinions speak for themselves. Yeah, they speak volumes, so... Well, uh, I hope we didn't lose too many listeners off of this one. Aaron, so. if we didn't lose them after Civil War, I don't think we're ever going to lose them. I don't know, baby. This one's going to be pretty decisive. I know everyone liked it. I know everyone liked it. And I felt bad screaming Not in the theater. Not everyone liked it. There's a couple of people who don't probably feel as strongly as you did, but there are people who 
weren't there, as crazy about it. There are people who are just going to be upset that they killed their characters. And, like, that's yeah. a that's a big enough reason to lose a lot of people. If you kill people that you really care about for the sake of some of these characters' contracts are up and we got to get rid of the cast somehow. Well, see, that's that's like, that's like what I was like, oh, they're going to kill off at least Tony Stark. Because like, you can't be afford Robert Downey Jr. anymore. Like, what is even that? It's like it felt natural because of – think about Avengers 1. God, it, it felt yeah. natural, yeah. actually. And they chose they, – they, they were very calculating. I don't like to see the calculation come forward in a piece of art in a movie. I don't like to see the gr- the gears. I don't like to see what they, all the factors they threw in. Well, this guy's contract is expiring. We've got these three movies coming out next fall, and this and that. I don't like to see. I don't like to see the the cogs. I I don't I don't don't think about it that way. Don't 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 let my in- interpretation of things ruin the uh, experience for you. Oh well, it's it's kind of like how the Hobbit's been wrecked for me. I didn't like the Hobbit anyway because I could tell there was a crazy lack indifference between that and Lord of the Rings. I knew some of the stuff. Lindsay Ellis finally finished her Hobbit review. It is shockingly sad to see. It's it's kind of like how you can't you know watch Woody. I do not watch Woody Allen movies in good conscience knowing what he did it's hard to see what they did to the new zealand cast and to the people of new zealand to get these movies made to then say yes i'm acceptable accepting this media it's definitely not that bad i mean i i know disney's a big machine but i it's not that bad but i also don't like that for shock value and emotions sake they did this whereas better villain fights have happened in this already and better villains yes (laughs) You just want to keep to that nice, tidy 45-minute mark you set for us. Oh, we have blown that out of the water. I knew we would. I don't know why you said it. I was trying to aim for it, and we still blew it out of the water. Uh, In conclusion, please don't direct your hate mail to Aaron. He is quite equitable and nice about these things. I'm the one who's really started to have a bone to pick. (laughs) I knew this one was going to be... I didn't walk in line to hate it, guys. It's, It's just like Being the Beast. I didn't want to hate this. I really wanted to see all these characters together. I was so excited to go see it. I had seen no trailers. I was really happy. And then it just, right out of the gate, it kicked me and I never recovered. It's hard. It is a roller coaster. You can't kill off a character and then have a quip. It, it, <laughs> you can't enjoy the good stuff because of all the bad stuff. This is our friend John, uh, who's been on the podcast a couple times. He says, what did he say? He says, it punches you, then it tickles you. It punches you, then it tickles you. It punches you, then it tickles you. I hope everyone who does go, unlike our friend John, knows that this is a part one of two, because he did not know no, that the first time he saw that's, it. That's been a com- that was a common thing that I looked at some of like uh, our Facebook posts and stuff like that. People are like, I didn't know this was a part one, didn't know this was a part one. I bet people feel that bad way too, because I hate reading a book, and I'm really liking it. At the end of it, it gives me a, a hastily to be continued wrap up, and I'm like, no, really, no, tell me a complete story. You can sequel it up as much as you want, but tell me a complete story. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and sitting through all of that. Uh, hopefully, next time we do something a little bit more fun, a little something, a little bit more light, fair. I uh, would like to do that. I really want to watch the new Jumanji movie. <laughs> um, eventually, we'll get to that one. So we're hoping to maybe get into uh, a pattern of maybe every other week, as we were. Uh, getting a little burnt out on the every week. Yeah, we so hope that. Notice. And uh, if you guys have any ideas, we've got uh, actually we have an idea 
uh, presented to us, which I think is actually a really neat idea. And I'm looking to do that maybe in the next month or so. I like this idea. I'm worried if it's off brand for us. I don't think so. Um, I think with how you and I look at things, I think it'd be a really cool, uh, kind of neat, fun idea. Um, especially with how what is coming up. We've got two events, not necessarily for our podcast, but just in general. And I think it'd be kind of fun to do those right before those events. So we will have time to do at least one more episode before a very big event that happens that's happening in our lives. So, yeah. And we can't really talk about it right now. Um, no, we're not pregnant. Uh <laughs> We like to have a little bit of mystery. You can't know everything about us, listener. We are hoping to do maybe something lighter fare next. So. As always, like, share, and subscribe, especially for those people in your life who maybe are afraid to really talk about why they didn't like Infinity War. I always find that there is always a group of people with anything that's real popular who just don't like it for legitimate or non-legitimate reasons and are afraid to share it because everyone else in the collective conscious is so excited about it. So if there's a person who just wasn't nearly as impressed, feel free to share this with them. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there are plenty of those movies uh, like that for me. Um, like anything with Shailene Woodley. Just, I'm so glad that that experiment's almost done. Until next you time. You couldn't get away. You couldn't leave without harassing one more female actress, could you? <laughs> Do you want me to harass a male actor? Oh, that'd something? be good. For for balance's sake. Who's an actor I don't like? Oh, oh, um, I know, I know. Um, The guy who was in Suicide Squad in the new Terminator movie, and the guy who's like an off-branch oh, Hang Tatum. Yeah, uh, um, Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a terrible Jai Courtney guy. and Shailene Woodley were both in a movie together. What so, movie was that? Uh, one of the Diversions. Oh, because those are just terrible freaking movies, too. <laughs> So, oh, uh, real quick, we watched Super Troopers 2. Funny movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you want, if you like Super Troopers, it's not really surprising, like, that you're like, oh my god, it's gonna be free. It's freaking hilarious. It's about what you would expect. Um, it's got a couple surprising laughs. The guys who play the Mounties are awesome. The entire audience was laughing. I, having fallen asleep the night previous watching Super Troopers 1, watched this with a similar amount of enjoyment. There was... A joke that made me laugh, but it's not for me. It's 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 not just made for the fans, but it's made for the fans. So <laughs> Hard to be an Indiegogo campaign without being made for the fans. But I am interested to see how this movie does because A, it came out the same weekend or similar weekend to Infinity Wars. So that's going to be tough on that them. That wasn't planned. They moved Infinity Wars uh, like a month ago. They moved it to this date. So yeah. bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Well, it's all, and it's also it's one of the most successful Indiegogo campaigns ever. And and if this continues, it actually continues, got made as yeah. opposed to taking the money and run. Exactly. So until next time, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.